0: Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. Start your engine!
1: For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host, Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. Happy Daytona 500. 10.05 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Welcome. To this Daytona 500 preview edition of WGR's Fast Track, I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening. As always, once again, Happy Daytona Day, everybody! Today is the 60th running of the Great American Race, the Daytona 500, and you'll hear it here live, flag to flag coverage, pre-race coverage coming up at 1:30, courtesy of the Motor Racing Network. Green flag is scheduled to fly about 3:05 this afternoon. And really excited for the running of today's race. And we got a great show lineup for you uh, this morning as well, too. A little bit hour early. Got to make way for Sal, who's over at Batavia Downs for their uh, sports expo today. At, he'll be on from 11 to 1.30, so you got me from 10 to 11. And phone lines are open right off the bat here at 803 551 for you to get in anything about the Daytona 500, your picks to win the race, your predictions for the season, who's your championship for, how are you celebrating this Daytona day, what do you do to uh, watch the race, do you do anything special uh, on on this day, this biggest race day of the year uh, for NASCAR fans uh, to celebrate the Daytona 500. We love to hear about it all on Fast Track here this morning. Coming up... On today's program, you did hear me just preview it with the guys, but in case you weren't listening, coming up in about 10 minutes, we'll go live to the World Center of Racing, Daytona, and talk to Kim Kuhn from the Motor Racing Network. She's part of the broadcast today you'll hear right here on WGR, including hosting the pre-race show, which comes up at 1.30. We'll talk to Kim for a few minutes about today's race. At the bottom of the hour, Adam Stern from the Sports Business Journal will join us and give us a kind of a look into the business world of NASCAR as they start the 2018 season. Big question mark hanging in the air on the future of the Monster Energy entitlement sponsorship after this season. Still not confirmed that they will be back for 2019 and beyond as the series title sponsor. So we'll talk about that. Just other business news in general. How is the sport doing going into this year with the departure of more big-name drivers and everything else going on uh, connected to the sport? So that's coming up at the bottom of the hour. But again, phone lines are open here right off the bat. 803 888 552 550. You can also tweet us at Fast Track 550, at Fast Track 550 and we're on Facebook too, facebook.com slash WGR Fast Track, and for today's uh, running of the Great American Race, Alex Bowman on the pole. I missed on my prediction that William Byron would get the uh, the honor of being the big rookie pole sitter, but instead they gave it to Alex Bowman. Well, I don't know if they really gave it to him, but it was Alex that won the pole for the 88 team, Hendrick Motorsports, fourth straight pole position for the Daytona 500 with Chase Elliott winning it the last two years, and then uh, Jeff Gordon back in 2015, so four straight Hendrick Motorsports pole sitters. Bowman on the pull, Denny Hamlin second quick as they locked in last Sunday during qualifying and then Thursday of course we had the dual races. Those were won by Young Guns' Ryan Blaney and Chase Elliott. They will start in row number two. Then you've got Joey Logano and Kevin Harvick in row three. Row four, how about it? Daryl Walls Jr., Bubble Walls had a great run for Richard Petty in his dual race. Uh, was running second behind Blaney, his good buddy, right until the end there when Joey Logano got around him but A lot of uh, great attention for Bubba Wallace and the 43 team, of course, driving Chevrolets this year as the King, Richard Petty Motorsports, has partnered up with Richard Childress Racing this year. So it'll be kind of weird seeing uh, the 43 in a Chevrolet, although not the first time King did drive a a Chevy and some other GM products in his career. Uh, But Daryl will roll off seventh today alongside Eric Jones, Ricky Stenhouse, who didn't make a lot of friends during his dual race, uh, trying to do everything he could to go to the front, but Unfortunately, he took out a couple of his competitors in the process and also a multi-time uh, plate tr- uh, track winner last year. He'll start ninth today alongside Clint Boyer. The Bush brothers in row six, including defending race winner Kurt and Kyle in uh, on the outside of that sixth row. Other notable names through the field, you've got uh, Martin Truex Jr. He will roll off 24th today. Uh, Getting caught up in one of the uh, crashes during one of the dual races. Danica Patrick in her final NASCAR start in the second last race of her motorsports career. She will start 28th in the seven cars. GoDaddy sponsorship. Tommy Baldwin Racing Premium Motorsports. fielding her team, and uh, she accidentally let it slip this week that she's going to drive for Ed Carpenter in the Indianapolis 500 this May, and then you got Brad Keselowski starting back in 31st. He got caught up in a wreck in the duels race, so did William Byron, who makes his Cup Series debut starting 33rd. Jimmy Johnson has had a rough speed week, crashed out of the clash for, like, what, the seventh year in a row, caught up in a wreck, uh, Not well, it was, he cut a tire in his duel race, he'll start 35th today. Uh, Eric Almirola starts 37th and Kyle Larson way back in 38th in today's running of the Great American Race. And a big unknown for today's race. What is going to happen? We have not seen much in the way of action outside of the early stages of the clash last weekend. But teams, uh, drivers have been kind of taking it easy. We've seen, unfortunately, a lot of single-file train racing. Big question marks on the aerodynamic handling of these cars. You saw it a couple of times in the dual race where those cars lose a little bit of air on the rear end and around they go real easily. And uh, so drivers could be taking it cautious, especially very early in the race, uh, trying to keep the the rear end of those cars stuck to the ground when the uh, air, whether it's a side draft or a guy behind them, they take that air off the spoiler and those cars become a handful. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be as exciting as the Xfinity Series race was yesterday. Well, it was until they started crashing uh, 15 times before they could finish the race but the majority of that Xfinity race was amazing maybe the best Xfinity series race I've seen in a while but that was a, a great race yesterday two three wide racing lots of lead changes uh, uh what you want to see in a restrictor plate race and then we got what you don't want to see in a restrictor plate race and that is umpteen crashes that kind of marred the finish but we did get an amazing finish as Tyler Reddick uh, beat Elliott Sadler by point zero zero zero. That's three zero four seconds. The closest finish in NASCAR history, I believe it was, between uh, Reddick and Sadler. Um, what what an amazing finish! It came down to the wire, so it took him a while to get to the finish there uh, at the end with all the wrecks. But still, an amazing end to a thrilling race, and probably it's going to go down as the best race of Speedweeks it was that uh, Xfinity series race. I don't think we're going to get as good a race with that today in the Cup series. Unfortunately, I think the uh, the Xfinity cars had a really great aero package. uh Brad Keselowski kind of pointed out was a, some great analysis on his party. It was great on the Fox broadcast but pointed out that the 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 way on the nose of the Xfinity cars now they have these pieces that flare out on each side and that help keeps the uh the air to the sides of those cars makes it more suitable for side drafting and, and keeps those cars glued to the ground. And I think something that the cup cars are lacking maybe this year, uh, with the no ride, no, no ride height rule and everything. Um, you know that made for the exciting race, and we—I don't know if we're going to get that today because guys might be afraid to make moves with and or, or want to jump out of line because they don't want to uh, cause a wreck by having the car in front of them lose the grip when uh, all the air is taken off their spoiler. But also, this will be with 40 cars on the racetrack instead of 20 or, or 17 like we had in the Clash last Sunday. So when you get a full field out there. All guys will be, you know, wanting to react a little bit differently. Obviously, a lot more on the line today with, with it being the actual points-paying race, uh, with the either at the end of the stages or, of course, uh, going for uh, the overall checkered flag at the end of the race to win the 60th Daytona 500 and all the points, money, and prestige that goes along with it. So uh, maybe it starts out, you know, the middle stages might not be super exciting today, unfortunately. But uh, I think eventually the guys will get enough courage to maybe uh, go two and three wide a little bit more often. Again, I don't think we're going to see it as much in the as we did in the Xfinity Series race. But uh, still, uh, it's still the Daytona 500, so you're still going to get something exciting. Just don't know uh, where it's going to come from today because uh, just a lot of question marks uh, surrounding today's, uh, today's race and how it's going to be run, just watching what's been on track so far in, in the duels and in the... Uh, clash race last Sunday. Again, 803 551 550 Of course, the, the cars to beat, it seems like it's going to be a battle maybe between Penske and Gibbs today. We saw the Penske cars dominate their qualifying race on Thursday, and then you saw the—although Chase Elliott won it, you saw Denny and Truex and Kyle Busch. The Gibbs cars kind of dominate in the second dual race. So we're going to see that rivalry kind of, I think, go head-to-head today between the Penske Fords and the JGR Toyotas, but I'm really liking, and if you heard me on with Howard on Friday morning, really pumping up the, the Penske cars, I think those are the favors today And Brad and in Joey and maybe even Ryan Blaney, but uh, I think Joey Logano is... The best restrictor plate racer in NASCAR right now, uh, especially with Dale Junior Jr. retired, uh, hands down, I think Logano is the best restrictor plate driver in the business. Uh, you know, he won this race a couple of years ago. Uh, the the way he can work through the draft. I mean, yesterday in the Xfinity Series race, I think he came for like from last up to the top five in, in the first ten laps or less than the first ten laps of the race yesterday. He is phenomenal in the draft, it seems. And then when he gets out in front, he has the ability to. You know, work those two lines of cars behind him. He might not block as well as Brad does. but Pure blocking—that's I think that's Brad's forte. That's what makes him a good plate racer. But Joey also can be a master of uh, just uh, holding up those lines and knowing when to switch from high to low and going back to forth. And uh, so uh, again, as I saw, sat on Friday with Howard, uh, I think Joey Logano is going to be my pick uh, to win for the Daytona 500. But it's it's hard to pick between him and Brad. But obviously, those Penske cars are going to be strong today. Right now, though, let's go to the hotline and bring in one of the voices you'll hear on today's broadcast of the Daytona 500 here on WGR. She'll be heading up the pre-race show at 1.30 from the Motor Racing Network. Kim Kuhn is on the line. Kim, it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Good morning. Happy Daytona 500, and it's great to talk to you again.
0: It's great to talk to you. I'm so excited. It is a beautiful day here in Daytona. Chamber of Commerce weather. I couldn't be more excited.
1: Yeah, it's going to be nice, sunny, and uh, in the 80s today, Kim, and it's it's definitely uh, great conditions for the uh, sold-out crowd that's going to be filing into the World Center of Racing today.
0: Yeah, sold-out crowd. They announced that last night. It's actually the third consecutive sellout, so I'm just going to be pumped. There's already people at the track milling around. Um, we're going to have a great pre-race concert by Rascal Flats and obviously some awesome racing, and at the end of the day, we're going to crown a Daytona 500 champion
1: when you talk about uh, the type of race we're going to get, I, I, I'm not sure what we're going to see. I mean, we still haven't seen, with uh, the no-ride height rule and the arrow package and all the rules they've got for this year, we haven't seen a 40-car field on the track with these rules yet. And I, I, I'm i really not sure what I'm going to expect after watching the duels on Thursday and the clash last weekend. I'm still not sure what kind of race we're going to get today. What do you think?
0: <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine, is as good as anybody else's. you know. We've been covering everything here at Daytona International Speedway. So that included the Clash, the Can-Am Duel, as well as all of the practices for Daytona 500. And every single driver we talked to said they're not sure what's going to happen in today's race. Obviously, we saw a number of incidents in the Can-Am Duel. Seven drivers had to go to backup cars. Um, Obviously, with the elimination of the ride height rule, these cars, they're driving differently. They're drafting differently. Um, A lot of the the drivers have been describing the cars as squirrely jittery um, twitchy so really it's anybody's guess what's going to happen here this afternoon
1: yeah, it was pretty amazing watching the, the Can-Am duel on Thursday, especially those couple of incidents like what happened to William Byron, and uh, it seems like, and not that this is anything new, but these cars have that bubble around them, and you don't even need to touch a guy to spin them out, not that you're trying to do that, but uh, you take a little bit of air off of that spoiler, and these guys can quickly get turned around, and, and obviously it can set up the big one at some point today.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you've been paying attention because we not only saw that in the William Byron incident, um, there was one with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Um, he was at the good end of it though. <laughs> uh, but essentially when a, a car goes to make a move around another car, it, it sucks the air off the left rear of that front car. And, and the car that's making the pass usually ends up okay. The car that's Trying to be passed doesn't typically have that luck. So, Mm. And, again, that's due to the different rule package we're seeing here at the Super Speedway. And so it makes for a lot of nervous drivers and a lot of nervous teams.
1: Kim Kuhn joining us from the Motor Racing Network. Kim, you've been uh, at the track all, all throughout Speed Weeks and, of course, this year the retirement of Dale Earnhardt Jr., and I'm sure you've, you've seen a lot of fans and maybe talked to a few fans with the sport's most popular driver exiting. Uh, whose T-shirts are you seeing the most? Uh, whose hats are you seeing the most out there when you when you talk to some of the fans? Uh, who, who are folks getting behind this year with the 88 now being driven by Alex Bowman?
0: Um, you know, it's really split. We have a lot of young guys that are coming up through the ranks right now who have so much potential. Um, They're starting to prove themselves on the track as well as really show big personality off the track, which is what I love. Guys like Brian Blaney, you know, Alex Bowman has inherited a number of Dale Jr. fans. He's a great personality. I'm loving that Daryl Wallace Jr. is in the cup mix now. Mm -hmm. Um, He had a great Facebook Watch series that you could kind of follow his transition to Richard Petty Motorsports up until the Daytona 500 called behind the wall it's been such an interesting look at his character you know you've got guys like chase elliott and i'll even throw kyle larson and and joy logano in that mix because they are still very (laughs) even though they've spent a number of years in the cup series already and so it's really split and you know if a young driver wins this race today he could certainly make a case for himself in terms of um Bringing over those Dale Junior fans to their camp.
1: You mentioned Joey Logano, and I do. I, I laugh because he's been in the sport, uh, the Cup Series for. I remember when he ran the K and N E series, but he's been in the Cup Series for almost ten years now, or ten years. He's only twenty seven years old. Uh, you you think of him kind of as not old, but just group with the veterans, like with the Keselowski's and the Kyle Bushes and the Kevin Harvicks. You don't put him with the the new generation, but he he's not all that old. But, you know, Joey could be in the sport for twenty more years.
0: Oh, for certainly he could. Um, yeah, been in the sport, in the Cup Series for 10 years, and, uh, you know, I think we lump him sometimes with a veteran, but to your point, 27 years old, and that is still very young, especially if you compare him, uh, to some of the tenured drivers, like the Jimmy Johnsons and the Kevin Harvicks of the world, who are in their mid-40s, and so Je- Joey sp- certainly has a number of years, at least 10, um and I would even say at least fifteen years left in in his book.
1: Yeah, uh, Kim Kuhn, joining us for the Motor Race Network, uh, Kim uh, about the young guns, and let's let's talk about Hendrick Motorsports, who has Jimmy Johnson, of course, the the seven time champion, looking for his eighth Cup title, and then it's 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 three babies in Jimmy, I guess, because you've got Alex Bowman and William Byron and Chase Elliott. But what do you think about Hendrick Motorsports going into this season with? With the young talent, with the exit of drivers they've had over the last couple of years, they used to be the the top dog of the sport, and not that they've fallen so much, but I think maybe they've 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 definitely slipped behind Joe Gibbs racing, maybe behind Penske racing. They're definitely not the dominant team they used to be. But what kind of year do you think the Hendrick drivers are going to have this season?
0: um yeah, you're you're correct in saying they're not the the current dominant team, but you know you look at the history of the sport and the the dominance and the cream of the crop goes in waits. So there's you know, consecutive years of one team being great, and then the next number of years you'll see another team be great, and the team that had been um, quote unquote in power um, kind of loses their footing. So this is not unusual to see a team go in and out of flux. But I'm excited for Hendrick Motorsports because they've got three young drivers. You've got Alex Bowman, Chase Elliott, and William Byron, along with the seven-time champion, the veteran Jimmy Johnson, and we need to give credit to Alex Bowman and Chase Elliott a little more than we've been giving them. We've been talking about, oh, they're so young, but you know Chase has spent a number of years in the Cup race. Bowman has already had two full-time seasons in the Cup series. We mm-hmm. forget about it because it was a number of years ago and it was for um, an underfunded and smaller team. So Alex Bowman, by no means, is is a rookie. The only real rookie over there is William Byron, obviously making his first full-time season in the Cup Series. But I think um, it's refreshing. And if you talk to Jimmy Johnson, he said there's been so much attention put on, you know, what advice he can give those three younger guys as a veteran and a seven-time champion. But he flipped the script and said, you know, these guys, they're young. They take risks. They're aggressive. They bring a fresh perspective um, to maybe the old guard, and so he's excited to have them over there, and I'm excited to watch what they're going to do this season, especially because they've got that new Chevrolet Camaro ZL1. Um, mm. It's beautiful, it's tested well, and I'm excited to see what it does on track in competition.
1: Kim, when the uh, pre-race show goes green here on WGR at 1.30, what can uh, the fans look forward to hearing from you and the MRN crew today?
2: Oh, goodness.
0: Starting with our pre-race show, our NASCAR-like pre-race show at 1.30, we're going to be... Um, playing some great one-on-one features. I sat down with Tony Stewart, who, as you may know, never got to win the Daytona 500 as a driver, but last year he was in Victory Lane with Kurt Busch as a car owner um, for the Daytona 500, so I sat down with him. We chatted about that as well as a number of other things. It was probably the best one-on-one interview I've ever had with Tony Stewart. I'm so excited for fans to hear that. And then I'm really excited to hear what the drivers are feeling this morning, and obviously we've got a great pit road crew, Winston Kelly, Alex Hayden, and Steve Post are going to be down there on the grid. as These drivers get announced for our biggest race of the season, the Daytona 500. And they're really going to pick those drivers' brains to see what they have to say, what their thoughts are, what their feelings, what kind of nerves, kind of pressure as we head into the great American race. And so that's what I'm looking forward to. And then once the green flag flies, it's going to be some great racing action. And again, like I said at the top, we have no idea what to expect when the 40 cars get on track.
1: Last thing, Kim, put your feet to the fire here. Who's going to be uh, hoisting that Harley Earl Trophy later today at the end of the Daytona 500? Who do you think it's going to be?
0: Oh, my gosh. This is probably the hardest question you've asked me because <laughs> it is anybody's race. When we come to Super Speedways, and you, it, it's hard to make a pick. Um, I do play in a fantasy league, though, and I picked Joey Logano in my league as my race winner. Um, anybody's got a shot, though. I do think, overall, the Fords are going to dominate. They've been great at super speedways. We saw that last season. Um, so I think you're safe to pick a Ford driver, and my pick was Joey Logano.
1: That's who I picked, too. Very good. Kim, appreciate the time on a busy race morning. Have a great broadcast. Uh, wish all your MRN colleagues the best uh, broadcast from all of us here at WGR Buffalo. will be listening to today, and uh, enjoy the Daytona 500. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much. I enjoyed being
1: on. All right. Kim Kuhn from the Motor Racing Network. Again, she'll head up the pre-race show, which will come your way at one thirty this afternoon here on WGR. And then we'll have live flag-to-flag coverage of the great American race. When we get back, we'll uh, take some more of your phone calls, 803-0551, 550 And we'll also talk to Adam Stern from the Sports Business Journal, talk a little business related to the motorsports industry. And when we get back here on Fast Track on WGR. Hi, this is Martin Truex Jr., driver of the number 78, Furniture Row Toyota. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. The defending series champion, Martin Truex Jr., 1030 here on WGR Sports Radio 550, Dave Buchanan and WGR's Fast Track, a special early edition of the program. We'll be back next Sunday at our regularly scheduled bat time of 11 a.m. Hope you join us again next Sunday as the Cup Series moves on to Atlanta and we'll also break down the Daytona 500 and oh, we usually do like a post-Speed Weeks. Kind of break down with Michael Printup up from Watkins Glen, so maybe that'll be on tap for uh, next Sunday. We'll see what happens. Uh, don't forget to get in on our WGR Fast Track Fantasy League, a tradition unlike any other. Play along, well, if Fantasy NASCAR with myself, uh, celebrities like Paul Hamilton. I use that in finger quotes. Uh, but the site we're using this year is called Fantasy Racing Cheat Sheet com. Uh, Fox Sports and Yahoo. Killed off their uh, fantasy racing game, so kind of scrambled to find a replacement. So we're going with this, uh, fantasyracingcheatsheet.com. Uh, sign up, uh, search the private leagues, and look for the WGR Fast Track Fantasy League. And the password is WGR550 uh, in lowercase. Also, if you go to uh, the top of our Twitter or our Facebook page, the information is pinned on the top of both of our social media accounts if you need a direct link to sign up for our fantasy league, which uh, we believe we're over 30 strong. In the uh, the fantasy league going into this year, so always fun to play that along with you listeners. I have a very dedicated group of uh, fantasy racing players. It, it's the two questions I get most come January is a when's fast track coming back, and then the question I get even more is when's the fantasy league coming back? When are you starting that up again? So uh, that is uh, good to go again. Uh, fantasy Racing Cheat Sheet com is where we're going to play the game this year. Eight oh three oh five fifty one eight 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 550 to 550. We're going to talk to uh, Adam Stern from Sports Business Journal here in in a couple of minutes. But uh, good to talk to Kim Kuhn from the Motor Racing Network there in our first season as we prepare for today's uh, great American race. And uh, it's going to be, like I said, a a lot of question marks going into today's race. What kind of racing are we going to see? as uh, this aero package is making these cars a handful for these drivers. And I think you add on top of it today, as, as Kim said, uh, the sunny and uh, over 80 degrees, it's going to make for a, a slick track when the sun beats down on it. So that's going to make these cars maybe even more to, more of a handful for these drivers. Loosen them up, and they'll have to work those steering wheels. But that that moment we saw in the in the dual race on Thursday a couple of times is when these guys lose uh, the back end of the lose the air off the back end or even that that uh left rear corner of the car uh the the loss of aerodynamics uh just allows these cars to get tail happy and with uh, some younger drivers in the fields today they might not know how to stay, they might not be able to save it as well as some of the other veteran drivers and it, it can cause some incidents so that'll be something to uh watch here today Uh, Of course, as I said when we are going through the starting lineup for today's race, Danica Patrick making her final NASCAR start today. And that means we get Aaron Rodgers at the racetrack. We had one of those, uh, you know, know, the wife-girlfriend shot during the broadcast. We got that, but instead it was the boyfriend, Aaron Rodgers, in Thursday's dual race. And uh, he was there, and he'll be uh, uh, back today, I believe, uh, to watch her make her final NASCAR start. And, you know, good for Danica. I mean... Obviously, she didn't get the on-track performance she had hoped for, and I'm sure a lot of people hope for her to do better. Um, she certainly was in good equipment, did, did, uh, and I, I'm sure I've said things that I said. Uh, you know, stuff. You know, I've not been. I, I have. A, I didn't go easy on her, but I wasn't as brutal as some people have been to her. But uh, obviously, she. Uh, you know, she got. She had the sponsorship. She brought it in. Got her the ride. She saw some flashes. She had some rotten luck, though. She some of the incidents, crashes that she's been involved in during her NASCAR career, some really ugly wrecks that she had no fault of her own. She was just wrong place, wrong time. You know, the crash last year that injured Eric Almirola was one of those incidents where she's just wrong place, wrong time. And I think that made it very frustrating for her. But uh, she gets gets to go out here today with one more race. And then the Indy 500, and then she is going to probably move on to the next stage of her career. And that is promoting, you know, her, her lifestyle business and the yoga and the book that she's got out. So she, I think she's going to transition. You're not going to see Danica at the racetrack, if at all, for the rest of her, for, for anytime soon. So she's going to move on to this next thing. Um, but you know, it, it's, it's disappointing it, disappointed how it turned out. I would have loved to have seen her, uh, you know, be a, be not, Will already be, She's already a star in the sport, but to see her have the on track performance to go along with it. And, you know, she didn't need to go out and win three championships, but she could, I would have liked to have seen her win a couple of races, be in the hunt to win some races, make a chaser playoff field a time or two in her career. And it didn't happen, unfortunately. So it's a, a big disappointment, but I, I think this is all a big relief for her because I, I think she did feel a lot of pressure because of the attention she got and, uh, and, and just some of the. the People are brutal to her on social media, and I I feel sorry for her in that way, that uh, just how some of the terrible things people that you see on Twitter or Facebook or whatnot, and uh, she could have won three championships and people would still be down on her, unfortunately. And uh, so I'm glad that she's getting out and, uh, you know, not that she's going to turn her back uh, on motorsports, but I think she's just going to move on to the other stages, uh, the next stage of her career. And like I said, promoting her wellness products and everything but we will see her at um at the Indianapolis 500 driving for Ed Carpenter and she kind of let that slip out and uh, I was uh Jenna Fryer uh tweeted out a, a link a story she did on Danica and just how uh it, everything was kind of get, getting to her here at the the end and the she was kind of stressed out at media day and everything and that's why she accidentally let it slip out because it hadn't been officially announced that she was going to drive for ECR for Indianapolis, it kind of been rumored it was going to be them or Dreyer Reindl Racing, and uh, just the the stress of uh, having to deal with all the the media attention that she gets, um, I think got to her and she was was quite upset about how it all how it how she let it slip out and everything. And so, there was an interesting piece by Jenna Fryer on Danica and just how she's feeling going in uh, to running this race today. So, I hope she has a good run. You know, I hope she finishes the race today. And, uh, you know, maybe get some time up front, but and hopefully she just doesn't get caught up in a big wreck that's none of her fault because that just seemed to be the the storyline of her career. Let's go to the hotline, though, and head back to the World Center of Racing and bring in from Sports Business Journal. Adam Stern joins us on the line. Adam is Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Great to talk to you again. Happy Daytona 500.
2: Yeah, likewise, Dave. Thanks for having me on. Uh,
1: starting in uh, the 2018 season here, Adam, and this could be this is a, kind of the start of a, a new era for the sport—a a NASCAR without Dale Earnhardt Jr. as a driver. Of course, we'll still have him as a broadcaster and uh, a force on social media. But what is the the health of the of NASCAR from a business and sponsorship standpoint here at the start of the 2018 season?
2: Yeah, you know, I think obviously it's a huge year for the sport. You know, I think when you talk about the notion of dale jr retiring it's probably something that people in the sport have been trying to prepare for for a decade you know and it's finally here you know i'm, I'm on the grid right now today on the 500 and this first points race without dale jr as a driver is about to happen so you know that that time that people have been looking forward to you know not necessarily looking forward to in a good way but looking forward to trying to get ready for is here so it's a huge year for the sport no question i think they're in a decent position um you know, they started their star power uh, initiatives and in, in trying to grow younger drivers and things like that, got more diverse drivers in 2011. So we're about seven, eight years into that now, and I think you're starting to see some some fruit that that's being bared. You know, you got guys like Daryl Wallace Jr. He's diverse, he's extroverted, he's very energetic. He's now in a top Cup car. I mean, obviously not not the top Cup car, but mm-hmm. top car with Richard Petty Motorsports in the 43, historic number. Guy, guy like that. You got a guy like Chase Elliott. You know who's going to appeal more to the core fans? He's already got a huge fan base with the core fans. You check his social media following; he's already got you know 800,000 followers on Twitter, a lot more than even some of these more established drivers. So, um, you know, I think you got guys like Daryl Wallace who might be able to cross over now to the mainstream and get some new fans. You got guys like Chase Elliott who, you know, he's going to appeal to the core fan. He's got that family lineage. So, yep. from a driver perspective, I think they're you know they're in a decent position. Now, here's the question: is you know, Dale Junior became a American, you know, hero star. You know, he's you could put him on Main Street in New York City and on Broadway and he's going to be recognized. You know, can Nascar these you know, these guys are gonna be fine, but can any of these guys step up to that level? That's the question to yeah. me. You know, can Nascar remain super relevant in pop culture? That that's the big question. But the sport's not going anywhere. The sport's still doing fine in many regards. I mean the TV ratings and attendance are definitely down from their peak, but you've got to keep the context in mind and where they started at. So, you know, NASCAR last year still averaged 4.1 million viewers over the course of 10 months. You know, that's not bad. Um, you know, there's a lot of sports that, that that would like to have that. So I think there's certainly challenges for the sport, but I, I don't think the sky is just immediately falling. You know, we've asked some track presidents that very question. Is the sky falling for you this year with your ticket sales? And the, the answer has been no, and obviously I'm a journalist, so, you know, they'll probably be careful about <laughs> that of information, but... I think the general feeling right now is that the sky is not falling. They announced the sellout here last night uh, for the grandstands, 101,000 seats. So um, I think overall there's no question there's challenges. I think there's no question that, you know, whether NASCAR can, you know, remain super, you know, or, or even get back to being super relevant to the mainstream America, I think mm. the question is, is very fair. I think that question is outstanding. We'll have to see what happens, but... I don't think the sport of NASCAR is going anywhere anytime soon. It's going to be around.
1: Yeah, it's definitely not due to a, it's not a lack of talent. It's just a, maybe a lack of name recognition at the start of this year, and that'll be the challenge. But we certainly we've kind of seen the curtain peeled back a little bit. I think Kyle Busch's comments during media day and uh, his. Uh, lack of enthusiasm, we'll put it, for for the, the, the push behind the younger drivers, kind of pulled back the curtain on, on NASCAR's uh, marketing plan. But it's obviously, I think it's the right plan of attack. It's to get the, you know, they regret maybe how they marketed Kyle's generation of drivers, you know, him and Brad and Joey and, you know, maybe even Kevin Harvick you could throw in there. Um, the, the, maybe they regret how they promoted that generation of drivers, so they're trying to make up for it with this generation.
2: Well, you know, the, the thing about that, I think Kyle Busch brings up many fair points, and he certainly, you know, obviously it's how does his opinion. I don't think anything he says is necessarily wrong, but one thing you got to keep in mind is imagine if NASCAR lost Dale Earnhardt Jr., Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart in three years, and they weren't marketing their young drivers. I sure. mean, you would literally, it would be negligence of the highest order. Mm-hmm. You know, so I certainly understand uh, Kyle's point, and, you know, they do need to continue to market these great drivers who are in their, you know, young thirties or late twenties or even later thirties or, or you know, a guy like Jimmy Johnson, early forties, right? So they do need to continue to market those guys, but gosh, it would be insanity to not market the younger drivers. I mean, it would be crazy, you know. So I think Kyle definitely brings us some fair points, but there's no doubt that NASCAR has to market these young drivers. They gotta try and grow their name recognition with, you know, both core fans and maybe even, you know, non fans or casual fans. So Look, I don't think anything said. I don't think anything Kyle said was necessarily 100% wrong. But you look at the whole picture, and yeah, you certainly, in my opinion, can't blame NASCAR for trying to market young drivers. They just lost three of their biggest stars in three consecutive years, so certainly some fair points by Kyle. But yeah, cannot blame NASCAR for wanting to try and market some of their younger, up and coming drivers as well.
1: Uh, Adam, of course, the the biggest question from a uh, business and sponsorship uh, angle going into this year, this biggest question is the future of Monster Energy's involvement in the sport. This will be their second year as the title sponsor of the Cup Series, but we still don't have a guarantee that they'll be back in 2019. Uh, What is the latest you've been hearing on the future of that deal?
2: Yeah, man, we're all, all we are on the grid right now, the Daytona 500. So we were asking people that very question. And, you know, here's the basic, best way I can put it to you is several weeks ago, I think people were feeling very confident, um, you know, uh, that, that, that NASCAR is going to earn a renewal. I'd say now it's a little bit more like 50-50. You know, what exactly has changed in recent weeks? I couldn't, I couldn't tell you, but, uh, certainly the, the, the feeling I'm getting right now is that it would be incorrect to say NASCAR has no chance, but it's also probably not correct to say they're definitely getting, you know, that, that monster has definitely, is definitely going to renew. So it sounds like it's a very, you know, it, it, it sounds like it's a answer ready made for radio and just, <laughs> but truly what I'm hearing right now is it's, it's a coin flip. I'm, I'm truly hearing this 50 50. So, um, you know, that's kind of how it's been for, for several months now. And at a certain point about a month ago, you know, actually things were looking a little bit up. Uh, it seemed like they, they were making some headway. And so, you know, what exactly has changed in recent weeks, I'm not sure, but, um, you know, I think, I think, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's no chance, but I just think that, you know, they're still working it out. Um, I would be surprised if we don't have an answer, you know, by, by April. I think by April, we'll certainly know, maybe even in March. Um, I think, you know, one thing is that Monster is having, you know, this is their second year and I think NASCAR's, you know, gave them some different assets this year, you know, did some things to maybe assuage some of their concerns. And so this is the first points race of the, of the season. So from that regard, you can understand why Monster would want to, you know, see a race or two and see how this, you know, second season goes before they really make their decision. So probably a smart move on NASCAR's part to give them a little more time to make their decision. Um, I think, I think people are, are relatively, uh, you know, they'd like to see Monster renew, um, because obviously from a continuity standpoint, it's great. It's a, it's a great brand. Um, you know, I think there's been some, uh, growing pains behind the scenes, you know, and so I think some of those growing pains are, you know, certainly there's some frustrations in the industry. No question, both on Monster's side, I think, and on you know the industry side. So, um, you know, that's just the way it is. Uh, Monster's a very unique company. They 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 beat to their own drum. They're not your traditional company yep. in regards. And so, um, you know, I think we'll just have to see what happens. But certainly, the, the current gist I'm getting is that unfor- unfortunately, right now, the best answer is that's a coin flip.
1: Is, uh, is Gronk going to be there today? I don't know. Who's Is there a big celebrity Monster's bringing to the race today? I know, I know uh, There's uh, Peyton Manning's going to be there with Nation, for Nationwide, but uh, who's Monster bringing to the track?
2: You know, I haven't heard. You know, the thing about Monster that's very interesting is that, um, like I said, they're a very unique company, and one of the more unique things about them is that they're the title sponsor of the sport, but as of right now, because they're... Going through this renewal, uh, a lot of their executives don't want to talk to the media. So oh. they have a uh, they have a uh, top executive, Mitch Covington, who was doing a lot of interviews last year and whatnot. I haven't spoken to him in about eight months, and it's not it's not their lack of trying, right? So, uh, you know, they they don't really want to talk to the media right now. So I have actually not heard who they're going to bring here today. You would hope they'll bring someone. Um, certainly, uh, you know, this is a big opportunity for them. I'm standing on the on the grass right now, looking at a gigantic monster logo. So you know, they, they got a lot of assets here. They got their uh, Midway act- activation, um, yeah. doing a lot of smoke shows, things like that. So they're definitely here. They definitely got a presence, but I have not heard who they're going to have yet. We'll just have to see uh, uh, around two thirty.
1: Last thing before we let you go, uh, you're there at the track. I know you're a fan. Who's your pick for today? Who do you think's going to win the race today?
2: Gosh, put me on the spot, Dave. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> know, it's uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. I think I, I think I'm, I'm leaning towards one of the young guns. It just seems like it's that time, you know. I mean, obviously the easy pick would be uh, you know Chase Elliott, um, you know or I mean, Alex Bowman's on the pole, but, you know, Chase Elliott's just been so strong, uh, you know, at the end of last season and things like that. So, you know, I would lean towards someone like him or Blaney. You know, if you're going to put me on the spot, I'll go with Chase Elliott. Um, you know, the kid's been, uh, you know, really improving. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he won his duel on Thursday night. He's got a good starting spot, so uh, that I'll go with the number nine.
1: All right, sounds good. Adam, appreciate the time on a busy race morning. If you like the the, the aspect of business and sponsorship, I urge you to follow Adam on Twitter, A underscore S12. He's always got the best and breaking news out there. Adam, thanks for the time. We'll talk again soon.
2: Hey, Dave, it was a real pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on.
1: Yep, Adam Stern, Sports Business Journal. Again, uh, covers motorsports for them and uh, it's just one of the things I find fascinating about the sport and it keeps the sport going We, you gotta talk sponsorship you gotta talk business when you talk racing because without that you don't get the sport so uh, I find it uh, interesting and along with the between that and the media stuff is just stuff that's right up my alley so I hope you enjoyed it as well too uh, we get back, we'll wrap up this Daytona 500 preview edition of Fast Track uh, squeeze in a quick phone call with your picks to win the race 803-0550 as we wrap up Fast Track here on WGR Hi, this is Ryan Blaney Driving number 21, Motorcraft Quick Lane
0: Ford.
1: You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. 1053 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Dave Buchanan wrapping up this Daytona 500 preview edition of WGR's Fast Track. All the uh, Short Track events wrapping up to around Speed Weeks uh, over at New Smyrna, the uh, the World Series of Short Track Racing. The Asheville Modifieds put on a great show this week, some great racing, great battles between the uh, the, the Wheeland Modified Tour drivers and the Race of Champions Modified Series drivers and some of the other drivers from New England. Uh, Matt Hirschman won the uh, overall uh, Series Championship, picked up a couple wins. Patrick Emmerling from Orchard Park uh, finished second, third, fourth, and fifth, and then finally went out and won a race. Uh, it was a great drop by Patrick, and he was battling Matt for the series championship. Unfortunately, he got involved in, in a couple crashes on uh, on uh, Friday night during the uh, the Richie Evans Memorial, and uh, Matt won the championship. Ryan Priest, who's had a rough speed week with so some engine problems in his new car, uh, wound up winning the uh, the Richie Evans Memorial on Friday night. Uh, Chuck Hosfeld had some great qualifying efforts, unfortunately, in race mode, seemed to struggle a bit. Uh, not sure what happened with the 22, but they showed a lot of speed, but just didn't have good luck in the uh, races. Tyler Ripkema had a couple of rough nights, including a big crash in opening night, but him and uh, Zach Shrewsdale, Tony Hanbury, and the crew, they did a great job putting the car back together And uh, Tyler's dad, Dean and uh, still uh, put on some good races. The Catalano family... Had a couple of good showings, some bad luck as well, too. But uh, good to see uh, the contingent of drivers that from up here that went down to Florida. Uh, had some good runs and mixed it up with uh, the guys from New England and elsewhere. So uh, it was a fun to watch and all on Fans Choice uh, TV online for free to watch. It was really cool. Uh, the Dirt Modifieds wrapped up at Volusia. Timmy McCready, Mac won two out of the four races, including uh, a great run last night coming from last to first to pick up the win. And I think won the, uh, the series for the Dirt Car events over at Volusia too so uh, a good start for all the folks from up in the northeast that ran down south and uh, some really excellent stuff. Big big news this week for Lancaster Speedway they announced that Red Bull Global Rallycross Cross is coming to Western New York the weekend of June 9th and 10th uh, the, yeah, that Red Bull Global Rally Cross with Scott Speed and Tanner Faust and Steve Arpin that is going to be in Buffalo, uh, June 9th and tenth at Lancaster Speedway. They're going to put dirt on part of the oval, and we're going to have a big seventy foot jump, and it's going to be really cool, really excited. That was a big announcement on Thursday. Uh, so that's neat that uh, you know, Red Bull Global Rally Cross goes to you know all the major markets in this country or have have been in the past, but uh, they're going to be in Buffalo. Uh, the second weekend in June. So that's a big, exciting announcement for the area. And uh, Holland Speedway announced on Facebook this week that their uh, 2018 season is a go. Doesn't seem like any new ownership at the moment, but uh, they're going to run regardless uh, under the with the Bennett family, and they're going to have a season still no full schedule, but it sounds like they're getting close to releasing that. Uh, one, maybe two Race of Champions Modified races. That's still to be determined. Definitely one in July, and then maybe a second one on top of it. Uh, but it uh, looks like they'll be running a schedule but the track will i'm assuming still be for sale but has not been sold apparently at least from any indications that we've been given publicly but uh they will be open going ahead for the 2018 season uh thanks for listening here this morning hope you enjoyed it uh, again uh, sales on from 11 to 1 and then after sale it'll be the motor racing network with live coverage of the daytona 500 while you're watching the race today feel free to tweet at me and tweet along uh, at fast track 550 give me your thoughts during the race And we'll break it all down one week from today as we'll be back on at 11 a.m. next Sunday here on WGR. Thanks for listening.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe.